0: The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel, and as always, I am joined by Mike, and we're going to break down the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. Before we get into calling the action,
0: Mike, how are you doing? I am... Recovering, and when I say that, I got sunburned so bad last week, and I am not one to burn ever, but I couldn't move on Saturday. My face—it hurt to frown, like I was in so much pain. And it took me basically three days to recover. My bad. I thought I overestimated my Filipino ability to tan, but I finally have my knuckles are no longer burned, so I can type it hurt on saturday night um but yeah yeah i i'm sporting a good tan now so in the end it was worth it how about yourself buddy i'm doing
1: pretty well um i've been keeping up with my uh my workouts and my running and uh i'm finally starting to see a difference you know it takes a while and uh this month has been uh been really really consistent so uh, it's nice, and uh, helps me stay motivated to to go out and run when it's you know a million percent humidity and you know temperatures are starting to creep up, so pretty soon here I'm gonna have to get up at stupid times in the morning and go running before work if I'm gonna keep up with it because otherwise it's just not gonna happen, but yeah, yeah things, <laughs> I, things are good and i uh <laughs> I discovered uh a new Uh, a beverage that I enjoy. So we'll get some free advertising here for uh, for screwball whiskey. I uh, had had a little screwball whiskey during dynamite tonight. It's a peanut butter flavored whiskey and uh, it's good. It's good. I just had it straight up on the rocks and uh, very much enjoyed it. So. um,
0: Peanut. Yeah, that's that's always a positive discovery. Whiskey. I'm not a whiskey guy and I love peanut butter. So maybe that's my gateway drug to get into drinking whiskey. I feel like (laughs) as an adult, you know, 30 years old, I got to, I got to drink whiskey at some point, you know? And over the last four or five years, I've really added to my, my, I used to be a picky eater and picky drinker, but now I drink gin and tonics. You know, I didn't do that before. Uh, I eat sushi now, which I never used to do. I ate an oyster. It's, I thought it would taste like boogers and it tasted fantastic. So (laughs) come on world. Maybe peanut butter whiskey is my path to becoming more like our boy hangman Adam page.
1: Well, I will say I I am not a whiskey guy either. Um, You know, the band, the 1975. Yes. So they have a song uh, called give yourself a try. And one of the lyrics in that song is what would you say to your younger self? Growing a beard's quite hard and whiskey never starts to taste nice. And <laughs> I think there's a lot of truth to that.
0: Yeah, so, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it tastes gross to me personally, but you know, maybe, maybe the weight of the world has killed my taste buds and I can finally have it. Cause I eat spicier food now too. And I, maybe it's the same thing.
1: I mean, I like whiskey in my coffee, but. You know, generally, I'm not much of a whiskey drinker, but this this peanut butter whiskey is good. It's uh, it's got, you know, a sweetness to it. It's it's definitely a sipper like you're not going to chug it, but it's it's tasty. It's good.
0: Well, on that on that note, Joel, how about how about you give us a uh, rundown of the fuck? <laughs> I got all tongue tied.
1: <laughs> the week that was, were you digging for the week that was?
0: I was digging for the week that was the week that was the was that week. All right. Just hit the drop. Okay. (laughs) The dynamite that was your dick. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Dynamite started off with a uh, fun little skit with the inner circle involving t-shirts and uh, was followed up by a match between the uh, tag team of the Young Bucks with Matt Hardy and Private Party with Joey Janella. The Bucks and Matt Hardy getting the pinfall victory in that affair. After the match, the Bucks were ambushed by the Butcher and the Blade. And who ran in to make the save? But formerly The Revival, now FTR. And I've got their new names down here. I made sure to write them down. Cash Wheeler. And Dax Harwood. It's gonna take me a while to get used to those. I just you know, I I think back to the days of R U Dawson, R U Dash. And um it's never to to learn these names. I never
0: learned their names when they were in NXT WWE. So I'm (laughs) I'm screwed. I am screwed. And hardwood hardwood hardwood? Hardwood? Hardwood. Either way. Harwood. Harwood. Yeah, I'm never gonna get that. Keep going.
1: <laughs> Cash and Dax. Uh, there we go. <laughs> uh, the next, the next match was um, Brian Cage making his Dynamite debut against uh, Big Shoddy Lee with uh, John Moxley on commentary. Cage, unsurprisingly, getting the pinfall victory off of the Drill Claw in that affair. Next up, we got an update on Doctor Britt Baker, uh, who came out and gave us the third rule of being a role model. Don't Hurt the Role Model. This was followed up by a match in the women's division between Christy Janes and Hikaru Shida. Shida, the newly crowned champion, getting the pinfall victory in that affair. Next up, we got an excellent promo from Cody Rhodes and a number one contenders match between the Super Bad Death Squad, that being Kip Sabian and Jimmy Havoc, against SCU, Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian. Superbad Death Squad got the surprise pinfall victory in that match and now will face Adam Page and Kenny Omega next week for the Tag Team Championships. Next up was a promo from MJF preceding the number 1 Contenders Battle Royal for the TNT Championship. That was next on the card and the winner of the match facing Cody Rhodes in his first title defense, of the TNT Championship, Jungle Boy. Excellent match, really good outcome. And uh, after that, chaos. The inner circle pep rally that devolved into a throwdown, full locker room emptying, pull apart with Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho antagonizing one another and setting up something for the future? I don't know, but why don't we start there in stock up, stock down?
0: I'm sorry. I got something to say before stock up, stock down. So FTR, they were Dash Wilder and Scott Dawson before, correct? Yes. Dash is now Cash. Okay. Scott is now Dax. Dax and Dash is too similar, and we already have a Cash. I'm never, ever, ever going to get this right. F the Revival. (laughs) stock up stock down on that note yeah let's talk about that uh segment uh episode closing segment with iron mike tyson and chris jericho i think the biggest thing that (laughs) stuck out to me is that they're referencing a wwe storyline to build this storyline and i just love the giant middle finger to the other wrestling company saying yeah you know that thing we did 10 years ago we're going to get a payout here. And are we going to get a Mike Tyson versus Chris Jericho match?
1: It kind of feels that way. And, you know, I thought him being at double or nothing was kind of neat. Uh, As we talked about on the podcast, I felt like he added a lot to the match through his reactions. And when you don't have a crowd to cut to to get people's responses to things, I thought it was kind of nice to have this celebrity slash legendary fighter at ringside in order to provide that but it really feels like this is building to something more that there's going to be a showdown the fact that they didn't really put hands on one another other than to shove each other in the chest i mean that's not really a satisfying blow off to this whole thing so i think there's more to come
0: if you would have told me in 2020 we were gonna get Mike Tyson and Chris Jericho in a wrestling match. I would have would have called bullshit because this is insane. But the crazy thing is, it kind of worked.
1: Like, oh, it totally worked. It yeah, totally it, worked.
0: It totally worked. And this is the type of stuff that usually we would roll our eyes at at the other wrestling company, like Tyson Fury just last fall doing his match with um, God, who was it? Was it uh, Braun Strowman?
1: I think that's like, right.
0: Yeah, and we were just like, Ugh, who cares? Who cares? It's just it's just WWE's lame attempt to try and get mainstream media, blah, 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 blah. And maybe it's just because I love AEW, but that did not cross my mind with this at all. <laughs> and,
1: well, I, and, and I know I'm not like a big boxing guy or anything, but part of the issue with the Tyson Fury thing is I had never heard the name Tyson Fury prior to him showing up in WWE. Like I'd literally never heard his name before and I am a sports guy. So it's like your profile isn't that big. If Mm -hmm. I I haven't heard of you, everyone has heard of Mike Tyson. Everybody knows who he is. So
0: I was going to say, you just have like a top 25 all time sports figure here and Mike Tyson. So this is completely different animal than anything WWE has done probably since what Mayweather. Big show, in terms of bringing in an outside athlete.
1: Yeah, I I would think so. I think Mayweather is probably, especially at that time, was was on that level, top of the world. But I I don't think any of these names in more recent, you know, combat sports history are ever going to be on the same level as like your Muhammad Ali's and and your Mike Tyson's and your George Foremans. Like those individuals are, you know, titans of sports and i feel like unless you're into boxing boxing isn't as big of a deal as it used to be so you know anyone nowadays is like okay cool good for you but it's not that big of a deal
0: yeah so i what leading up to this i i didn't really enjoy the pep rally that much you know everything leading up to the final confrontation um so it was it was saved i was very close to making this a stock down until Jericho mentioned Tyson. And once Tyson came out and they did the whole thing, it made made a ton of sense. Even though, you know, Tyson isn't even the most wasn't even the most badass person in the ring. That'd be Henry Cejudo, and I've been watching UFC because there's nothing else on. I ordered UFC 249 a few weeks ago. That guy's a monster, and he just casually was there, and I don't know if Henry Cejudo who Retained his bantamweight title and then retired afterwards is going to make a cross into pro wrestling. But if he does watch out, that dude's insane. Um, and he's like short, he's five, four, he's shorter than us. So makes me feel <laughs> cool. <laughs> but what'd you think of the, uh, the pep rally in general? Um, I actually really dug it.
1: Up. I mean, and, and this is, this is the kind of segment I'm usually not into. Like I haven't, really previously enjoyed a lot of the inner circles antics when they do these big everybody's in the ring at the same time kind of things but maybe it's the you know repetition and familiarity you know creating a sense of of comfort but maybe they've just done it enough times that now i like it but i i loved the poem i thought that was the best stuff that jake hager has done i just when he's reading this poem, and he's very deliberate about it. And I thought, man, like these line readings are pretty stilted. But it was all in service of him going completely off script and like, (laughs) getting enraged. And I just I love that I thought it was really subtle and really well done. And, you know, the whole thing was enjoyable to me, I, I did miss the payoff, like I needed someone to be walking out munching on stuff from the the cheese platter because you know it was empty and I was like okay clearly you know Mike Tyson and his entourage ate the cheese platter and drank the bubbly and they had a bottle of bubbly that they came out with but I didn't see anyone eating so I was disappointed by that but other than that I mean I thought it was a really good segment and I was thoroughly entertained
0: Okay, I can't speak for Joel, but in terms of the other wrestling podcasts, we only recognize one wrestling poet, and that is the late, great, he's-actually-not-dead John Heidenreich. So, (laughs) Hager, get out of here with your gimmick infringement. It's bullshit, and you know what? You deserve a participation trophy. Yeah, I said it. I said it. But, anywho, um, I like the Puerto Rican gift basket, (laughs) and I love Jericho saying, um... When, when uh, Santana, I think it was Santana, gave the VIX to, yeah. to, to Sammy. And he's like, my abuela says this works for everything. And Jericho's goes, my abuela says that too. <laughs> and I guaranteed that was improv. I guarantee Jericho just thought of that right then and there. And that little stuff he does is what, what makes him so great. Like, I was going to name the episode. Uh, this is where the fun begins based off of Cody's uh promo from early in the night, but it might be my abuela says that too. I'm not sure yet. Have to figure that out.
1: I was kind of I was angling for don't hurt the role model, but you know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I get final cut. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I, I also love the the stadium stampede victory shirts. Felt very NFL. I hope that next week we get a video of kids in Africa opening up those boxes. Um, Because that would feel very NFL in what they do with the Super Bowl (laughs) uh, merch, but yeah, it it was solid. You know, I it wasn't you know it wasn't the funniest things that they've done, but I liked how the tone changed as soon as Jericho started talking about Tyson. So if we're gonna get Tyson and that doesn't seem like a Fighter Fest match unless they make Fighter Fest free, and I feel like Tyson would be a big draw to get people to watch that show. So if it's Jericho, Tyson. I can't believe I'm I'm saying that. Jericho Tyson at fighter fest. Uh, I think it, it'd be a boom. So, kind of curious of where they're gonna go with this. Anything more to say about Iron Mike and the Inner Circle?
1: Well, I think ultimately what we're most likely to get is uh, Sammy Guevara and Chris Jericho against Mike Tyson and somebody.
0: Okay, uh, some just like- because
1: I don't think it's likely that Tyson just wrestles a straight up match uh but i do think there's a a distinct possibility that he gets to like pick somebody to tag with him and you know maybe we see darby allen get the rub uh from getting to tag with mike tyson and you know and and that match can culminate with somebody getting popped on the chin and, and and knock the f out so <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know a, a, a 30 minute Iron Man match with iron Mike Tyson seems like the way to go. So <laughs> n- we need Tyson working a barn burner <laughs> with Jericho, <laughs> but no, it, it should be fun. And I like that idea. Pair him with a wrestler who can take the bumps, have Tyson come in a few times and then just, yeah, have him KO someone. So, and you know, Jericho is going to sell the hell out of it and it's going to look good. And if WWE wasn't so involved with ESPN, I would bet it would make SportsCenter, but we'll have to see. But really good good for TNT, good for Tony Khan, and yeah, never thought I'd be talking about a potential Mike Tyson match on this podcast. But hey, here we are. 2020 is weird enough. So um, let's move on, and Joel, we're doing all stock ups tonight because this show is great. The Revival, also known as FTR is in AEW. Joel, how excited are you? I know you are a big, big Revival fan. Tell me how you're feeling right now.
1: I'm stoked. I mean, I've been expecting this for a long time, but I wasn't expecting it to happen tonight. You know, we've had so many new people added recently. Uh, Most recently, of course, Brian Cage. And it's kind of the best time to debut new talent when you've just debuted new talent, because we're not expecting it. <laughs> and I, I loved everything about this. I love the truck. I thought that was just such a cool way. And before you could even see who was in it, I thought that looks like the kind of thing that the revival would drive. And then sure enough, you know, there they are. And it's, it's going to be so hard for me not to call them Dash and Dawson, because that's so ingrained. But they had some of my favorite matches in NXT history. I'm a big tag team guy, and I'm just so stoked. There's so much talent in the tag division in AEW, and I'm just thinking of the possibilities. Obviously, we're going to get the Bucks and the Revival or you know, FTR. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me to say. I've got I've to work that out, <laughs> and, and that's going to be an amazing match. But I'm looking forward to Private Party, NFTR. FTR. I'm looking forward to, you know, Super Bad Death Squad. and FTR. There are so many different styles amongst the tag teams in AEW that it just spells out potential. And you know, this is a division that needed something, some kind of spark to get it moving again after Adam Page was unavailable for so long. And this feels like the ticket. Uh, I'm thinking that at Fighter Fest, we're probably going to have a tag team championship match because they didn't have one at double or nothing but then we're probably also going to get a secondary tag team match on the main card re-emphasizing that tag team wrestling is a big deal in AEW. so i'm stoked
0: yeah man uh two of the best matches i've seen in person have involved the revival Takeover Dallas, that American Alpha versus Revival match, which God, that match was incredible. Yeah, and then Joel, when we were at Takeover Orlando, the Triple Threat Elimination match for the NXT World NXT Championships, the Authors of Pain versus DIY versus the Revival. I think that was the Revival's last match in NXT as well. So it was only downhill I think that's from right. there. <laughs> but just an incredible team, incredible style. They don't look small in AEW uh which I think is to their advantage uh and yeah dude this bucks revival story like story has been going on for years first ever ring of honor show i remember the crowd screaming fuck the revival and i was like joel are they talking about that revival and you're like yeah i'm like why because <laughs> so um to finally yeah. get this match to finally get the payout for that is going to be incredible and this roster is getting stacked. You mentioned the debut of Brian Cage. We've added the Murderhawk recently. We now have the Revi- sorry, FTR added to the ranks. There's rumors of Rusev down the line. Hell, man, there's rumors of Sting joining AEW now that his contract has expired. But,
1: well, you know, you got Zack Ryder out there, Matt Cardona um, hinting all over the place about, you know, how he wants to get involved with AEW with the whole open challenge that was announced tonight yep. uh, for the TNT championship. He was like open to anyone. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, you know, that would be cool. I, I think it brings up a question, man. I, I can't believe I'm saying, Are they? Growing the roster too fast. And I say this because we had two monsters debut between Revolution and Double or Nothing in the Murderhawk, Lance Archer, and Brody Lee. And they both took pins, or not pins, they both took L's on Saturday. And we talked about on the reaction pod that, you know what, as long as they look strong and they're built back up, they should be fine especially how Brody Lee lost without ever tapping out or getting pinned. But when you add a Brian cage, when you've added a Colt cabana, like can they possibly juggle this many high end talents on the roster? And if so, how do they do it?
1: I mean, I think, I think dark becomes essential viewing. And I do think that dark is going to eventually morph into their second show, uh, which their second show is gonna be on TBS, right? Isn't that kind of what's rumored uh it hasn't out been there?
0: announced when or where um it's gonna be. Um it did they, it did come out earlier this year that they wanted a second show in place potentially by the end of the year or twenty twenty one.
1: I thought that was part of their extension. I thought that was part of that press release when TNT announced. Oh yeah, they
0: announced a second show. I just don't yeah. remember if it was specifically gonna be on TBS or anything like that.
1: Well, regardless, I don't don't know
0: the specifics, but yeah, a second show is in the books.
1: Right. And, you know, you need talent in order to fill that out. Uh, Dark, the last three weeks has been a super show, right, where they've had eight, nine, 10 matches on the card and have been using that to showcase a lot of people who hadn't necessarily been getting a lot of opportunities during the quarantine period and and using it to get people back in the ring. And I think that's going to continue as the roster continues to grow. And I wouldn't be surprised to start seeing references, more overt references on dynamite to things that are happening on dark as that show gets built up. Uh, I have not missed a single episode of dark since its inception. It's, you know, part of my weekly viewing regimen. Um, And it's always entertaining. You know, it's not necessarily the most consequential material, but that's the kind of thing that can change when you have a big roster full of talent, consequential names that, you know, need to be featured in a certain way. So, you know, we've seen blow-off matches on Dynamite for storylines that were largely carried on Dark. I think that can continue moving forward. And it's, it's a great opportunity. I don't think the roster is getting too big. I think they're just, you know, getting to the point where you might not see, you know, your world champion wrestle every week or necessarily even give a promo every week. And that's okay. It makes it feel more special when those individuals are there and performing. So, you know, I I think back to some of the, the, Wrestling that was taking place in the nineties, and you didn't necessarily see Hulk Hogan every week on Nitro. Uh most weeks, yes, but there were weeks that he wasn't necessarily involved mm-hmm. in what was going on. And certainly as you got into the mid-card and undercard, you weren't seeing Rey Mysterio and Eddie Guerrero every week. But when they were there, it was exciting. And I think the same thing can be true in AEW.
0: Yeah, they've done that from the beginning. You know, there were times where you wouldn't see Kenny every week. And I remember. When I got my tickets for AW Boston last fall, I was a little disappointed. I'm like, oh, man, Kenny's not on the card. And then they announced at the show that Kenny and Janela were going to have a Lights Out match on Dark, and I lost my mind. Um, So, yeah, I, I, I dude, heyday of NXT, our episode, you didn't see Finn Balor every week. You didn't see every wrestler go at it. So I definitely think it can be done. I am just a little nervous of these, These guys debuting and immediately going into these big time programs and eating the L, you know, like, is it really time to take the belt off Moxley to give it to Brian Cage? Well, Cage's first storyline is most likely going to be taking the L to Moxley. You know, maybe they'll shock us, maybe they'll surprise us. But, you know, I just I just get a little nervous with that. And I thought they did a good job with Brody Lee for letting him having the quarantine time to just kill jobbers, kill Marco Stunt. You know, and I thought they did a really good job with that. But you know, I guess it remains to be seen how these guys, specifically the Murder Hawk and Brody Lee, recover from that. And yeah, curious to see how this this all happens. But the roster is getting great. I, I've I've been feeling really good about the women's division. Um, and I really liked uh, what's her name? She debuted tonight. Uh, Christy Jane's. Yes, loved her ring gear loved kind of her banter in the ring. So just keep on bringing wrestlers in, let's see more and more work. Uh last note about the Roskin construction. Some fan went after Kenny saying he failed the division because uh Peruzzo signed with Impact and he was like, "Guys, we got it done." He basically called this guy out for overreacting, which I definitely think it was, but I would have loved to see Peruzzo in AEW. I think she would have been a perfect fit. So definitely a miss there in my eyes, but hey, we yeah, maybe some good someday stuff you'll going learn on. to
1: pronounce her name correctly.
0: Perez? I don't know, man. If she's on my show that I cover every single week, I will learn it. <laughs> I've learned hard names, and you also know names are not my specialty. So we'll just... Yes, you
1: have Bill Simmons disease.
0: Hey, man, If if I could be like Simmons in certain ways, I guess that's not the worst one that I could be. So, you know, <laughs> I could give really bad takes about movies. And that's I love true. Bill Simmons. Don't get me wrong. I love Bill Simmons, but when it comes to movies, I just kind of fast forward. (laughs) (laughs) Um, On that note, let's, let's move on to the TNT championship battle Royal. And I kind of want to talk one second real quick. Cody Rhodes as our first TNT champion gave us a hell of a promo to kick off his reign. I loved what he said tonight and just, He's he's the best. He might be the best promo in the business right now. And I don't know who can lay a claim on him right now. It was just another. I think so. I think he's the best. Yeah. Just another fantastic promo. And I loved what he said is, you know, I Dustin got all the dusty. I'm not Simba here. And like talking about how his mom taught him about grit and hard work. Just like it brought a tear to my eye, man. Like it was such a good promo. And I loved when I will outdog you, I will outlast you, I will outwork you. And if you're someone who's critical of me, bell to belt, I ask you to judge me what ask you to judge me with what I do next. It's official. I will stand out here each and every week. My God, it was so damn good. Really excited that we have this mid-card title. And I'm gonna give a stock up to me, because on the reaction pod I said he should do a US Open Challenge, and he's gonna do it. So Stock up to Mike Loranda. I am awesome. Uh, but Joel, what did what, what, you think about this promo?
1: Well, first, don't pull a muscle patting yourself on the back. Um, oh, man. But you I, I, I love this, this promo. I thought it was fantastic. And I think what it did was it accomplished the goal of deflecting criticism from Cody, quote unquote, putting the belt on himself. And, and first off, that's bullshit to begin with, because Cody <laughs> is not the booker he's not the person who's making these decisions. He's in Tony
0: Khan. Technically but, yeah. the final decision maker. Okay. Tony
1: Khan writes the show like, God, he's it, so damn
0: good. Thank you, Tony.
1: It's his decision. And, you know, I, I think all of the criticism that's been leveled at Cody of like, Oh, you're putting yourself over and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, 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 no. A wrestling company needs top talent and big names to be over because it helps everyone else get over. So I, I think this is great. And I love that this promo essentially deflected that criticism without directly addressing it, talking mm-hmm. about all the different aspects of his journey and how when he was originally thrown out into the ring, when he was a kid, you know, 21 years old, he wasn't ready. And we really have watched him grow up through everything he did in the other wrestling company, and then his barnstorming tour on the independent scene, (laughs) culminating with his work in Ring of Honor in New Japan, and then now starting up this new company. And I love that he admitted that he wasn't the first call, nor was he the second call, nor was he the third (laughs) call. And that's a shoot. I mean, that's yep. something they have openly talked about on podcasts and in interviews that it really was the young Bucks who were the people that Tony Khan, you know, directly talked to to initially start this whole thing
0: up. So I'm guessing number three was Kenny.
1: I uh I don't know that for certain, but I think that's the case. And Kenny or uh,
0: Jericho would be my guess. Would be my guess.
1: It's um It's just really, really cool that they're they're weaving reality into this, but it's in a way that doesn't feel like forced or clumsy. It just felt like Cody got up and, you know, told us a story about his life from the heart and did so in a way that was really compelling, built up the drama and just made me excited to tune in and watch him defend the title every week on dynamite for as long as he's able to hold on to it and that's great television my favorite thing in the other wrestling company the entire time that i was watching when i when i came back and started watching again uh was the john cena us open challenge i mean it was fantastic okay. and it was short lived it could have gone on longer but man it was such a great way to highlight different talent, bring some new names to the main roster and immediately get us invested in people like Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens. And if this is a way for Cody to elevate some of the younger talent, like obviously jungle boy is, you know, as we should actually transition into talking about this battle Royal that we're giving a stock up to, uh, but jungle (laughs) boy won it. And this, this upcoming match next week with jungle boy and Cody is going to be amazing.
0: Yeah, they're going to be able to tear it down. And fun fact, uh, one of Cena's open challengers was Stardust on April 6, 2015. So seems like Cody learned a little something there from the legend. But yeah, Jungle Boy winning this match was not on my radar, wasn't my choice for it. Uh, but the biggest win of his AEW career, man, and coming off what, was, what could have been one of top three or four matches from Double or Nothing to win this match, like, man, it's going to be good. And you know Cody and uh, Jungle Boy are going to go all out. They're going to go all out in this match, and it is going to be exceptional. Um, And the great part about the challenge is you don't need to win it. You can be elevated by competing and looking like a star. So, because we all know Cody's not losing his first title defense, but predictable isn't bad if it's done right. That should be the motto of our show. That should be the subtitle. Cuz <laughs> cuz that we we say that almost every single week, but we know what's going to happen, but we we don't know how that match is going to turn out and I just feel it's going to be an amazing match. The two can work, a lot of energy there and Jungle Boy is going to be a star if he's not already in this company and you know, it the execution of it was perfect because Jungle Boy helped eliminate MJF who beat him on Sunday and Wardlow who's been giving him shit. And we got the awesome Wardlow Jurassic, uh, Luchasaurus stare down during this match too. So just another example of AW able to continue stories in matches that involve way more people than just the people involved in that story. So I thought it was a really good job of making sure, remind us that this MJF jungle boy thing happened. And now we can move forward. So and also, little tension there with Wardlow and MJF before the match. Uh, we gonna get a turn at some point? Cause Wardlow looked intimidating as hell when he got in MJF's face.
1: Yeah, Wardlow's really growing on me. Uh I, I really like the work that he's doing. I think he has great facial expressions, and I think that's an underrated thing. Uh I I love the way he was selling the different things that people were doing to him in this match. His reactions to Marco's stunt were hilarious
0: <laughs> and you, Marco, uh,
1: you know, him getting taken out by orange Cassidy and jungle boy. I thought was fantastic. Uh, speaking of orange Cassidy <laughs> getting wiped out before the match really started and also <laughs> coming out late. I mean, just so on brand for him and they keep coming up with ways to reinforce this sloth-like character. And I, I loved his involvement in this match when he finally did get into it. And uh, I, I really enjoyed uh, the way the the finish went down. Uh, Jungle Boy was absolutely the right person to win it. And I uh, when I looked at everybody who was in the ring, he was the person that I picked out because... I think in terms of both having the best match and then also who can benefit from simply being in this match because like you said, we know they're going to lose. Cody's not dropping the title after cutting that amazing promo and saying that he's going to have an open challenge and defend the title every week. That's simply not going to happen. So Jungle Boy makes a lot of sense because he still is kind of missing that signature win so, just being in these matches elevates his profile and makes him a bigger name. So, I thought it was really, really well done. And everybody got to do their stuff. I thought there were some mm-hmm. really good spots for Sonny Kiss in this match. I thought there were some really good spots for Colt Cabana in this match. And if you want to see different characters on display, it's all there for you. Just go check out this match. There's a great sampling of the talent on the AEW roster, and you can get a feel for who these characters are simply by watching them interact in this match specifically.
0: Hell man, they even continued the Brandon Cutler, Peter Avalon story that's been going on for months. One of the longest (laughs) most consistent stories they've been telling is the Peter Avalon, Brandon Cutler both can't win a match story. So uh I noticed they like were flailing at each other when it was in picture in picture. I just well, like
1: i don't I don't know if you watch dark, but that feud is heating up they're they're really uh really going at it uh Brandon Cutler took a loss on dark and then stayed on commentary for Peter Avalon's match <laughs> where he took a loss uh but every time it looked like Peter Avalon might get the win, Brandon Cutler got very agitated on commentary so it's it's good stuff man it's it's really worth checking out well, make, sure make sure you're watching dark
0: joel i I like to make an announcement because of the importance of dark going forward I will be watching aw dark every single week so get ready for it we're gonna get even more nonsense wrestling talk for you because I'm gonna be watching dark so tell me you're proud of me tell me I'm you're proud of me.
1: of you well there you go I'll be proud of you when you follow through
0: <laughs> I hey that makes me sound like I'm not reliable I'm very reliable we're on episode number 23 my friend 22 23 like, like you said a few weeks ago, we we're either going to do like two episodes or we we're going to do a thousand episodes. So we are well on our way to a thousand. So, uh, yeah, I have, uh, I have nothing else with the battle Royal. I think, like you said, right person one, it's a good fit. It's going to be a great a first match of this TNT challenge that Cody will be doing. And we, sh- I I expect nothing less than a four and a half, five star match from those two. I think they can put on something that great. So. Anything else before we move on to lightning round?
1: Now let's get into it.
0: Lightning round. <laughs> I I love the gimmick fluidity of Matt Hardy, and I don't even know what gimmick he went back to today. <laughs> like I think it was wh- high voltage. High voltage, or it looked like he had a key on his pants. Like I I don't. I, It was because we only know him as freaking, uh, you know, WWE Matt Hardy. So I have no idea what Matt Hardy he was bending his gimmick to, but I'm all for it. It's funny. It's really good. And he looked great again. He looks like a completely different wrestler from six months ago. I I don't know if it's just he's gotten better shape or he's got the fire again, but he looks like a million bucks.
1: uh, I think he's not eating anything interesting.
0: Oh, he's, he's doing salmon and brown rice, like Jinder Mahal.
1: Yeah. Salmon, brown rice, <laughs> and, and you know, with, with no salt added. I mean, it, I think it's, that's the only thing that makes sense to me because he looks incredible. It's, yeah. it's wild. The transformation from what he looked like in the other wrestling company just a few months ago to what he looks like now. I mean, and he keeps getting better. It's, yeah. it's like every week, it's like, did he look that good last week? But uh, this, this iteration of, of Matt Hardy from the, the videos that I've seen looked like the kind of gear that he wore in he and Jeff's Backyard Wrestling days, which probably was a huge inspiration for the Young Bucks. And they did Backyard Wrestling themselves. So I, I thought this was a really cool way to tie that in and pay homage to their origins, both the Hardy Boys and the Young Bucks. Uh, so I, I, I really dug it. I thought this was cool. And I, I'm, I'm up for more of Matt Hardy just pulling out every different angle that he's done in the past <laughs> and, you know, reenacting that. This is fun stuff.
0: Yeah, and he looked he looked natural with the headband on, and man, whipping out the moonsault! I don't remember the last time I saw Matt do that. So, and it looked good, looked clean, and he almost got the pin on all three of them. So, um, yeah, great stuff from Matt Hardy. Uh, any uh, what's 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 something you want to talk about in lightning round, Joel?
1: Well, I really wanted to talk about the Super Bad Death Squad and SoCal Uncensored. I really enjoyed this match, and I was surprised and pleased that uh kip sabian and jimmy havoc got the win i thought they've been doing really great work together and the trio of the two of them and penelope ford just have great chemistry probably because they're roommates and so you know they see each other all the time they can talk about what they want to do and how they want to portray these characters in the ring and it really comes through because they have great chemistry and they're coming up with some inventive moves and spots. So mm-hmm. I like all the different ways they've found to deliver a legal eye poke.
0: <laughs> the this the slingshot was pretty pretty good today. That was a pretty good one.
1: And I'm really enjoying the recurring uh field goal gimmick that they're doing. That just is it's cracking me up that in every match now they're they're kind of doing that, you know, either you know, free kick or field goal, whatever you want to call it, and Mm -hmm. getting a reaction from the referee, no matter who it is. So uh, I thought this was a fun match, and I'm glad that we're going to get to see these two face off against Hangman Page and Kenny Omega instead of seeing a rematch between SCU and uh, Page and Omega.
0: Oh, the potential of that tag match next week is off the charts. Like let these guys go, let these guys work. And we mentioned that we've, we're pretty sure we're about ninety-nine point nine 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 percent that Cody's going to retain. I don't have the same odds on the tag team titles. I think Paige and Omega could lose it. And I don't know if they necessarily need the titles anymore. And one of the things I've been thinking with, especially now that FTR is in the group, is maybe it's time to to get the belts off those two so we can let, you know, the full-time teams really just start tearing it up for that belt. Um, So, not saying I think Kenny and Paige are going to lose, but I wouldn't be surprised, I guess, is what I'm saying. And if we're putting a a four-and-a-half, five-star on expectations on Jungle Boy Cody, I feel pretty confident putting the same expectations on this match. Next week's show is going to be awesome, and those two matches should bookend. Those should be the bookends of the show and just give us, Awesome, awesome wrestling.
1: While we're on this match, I do have to give a specific shout out to Scorpio Sky hitting that twisting slingshot cutter. That looked so freaking nasty. And it was smooth and clean. And he made the grab perfectly. And I just, I love that spot. And it's, there's so much that has to go right for that spot to work. And they absolutely nailed it.
0: Well, I love the transition into the Dragon Sleeper. That was so clean, too. And like they they mentioned in commentary, like, oh, he's Havoc saved the match by breaking that up. That 100% could have been the end of the match because that was devastating. And a Dragon Sleeper looks like it hurts like hell. And if it's done right, you're probably only going to be awake for about 20 seconds. So, uh, yeah, Scorpio Sky a stud. I would love to see him. Be one of Cody's challengers. I think he'd be be able to put on a great match with Cody.
1: I like Jr.'s line on commentary of "I wonder if he knows how good he is."
0: <laughs> I mean, it goes to that video package they did of him last, a few weeks ago. With you know, he says, "I want to, I want to be a legend," and you know how we thought he almost had to retire. You know, like I, I it just kind of makes him feel like there's so much untapped potential there, which we know there is. So. Got it. Love me, love me some Scorpios guy. Um another thing in Lightning Round, I feel like we both would want to talk about this is the and we we kind of touched on it earlier, but Britt Baker's rule number three, how to be a role model. Did you notice that her chair said role on the back? R-O-L-L.
1: Yes, that did not escape me. It said <laughs> role model on the back, oh, which, which was so great.
0: good. So good. And I love that she had <laughs> the woman from her Reba, I think is what she's calling her, from her. Uh, office-esque promo a few weeks ago so just great stuff and you know i i would i was worried that you know she wouldn't be on our tvs but it looks like we're still gonna get Britt baker each and every week and she mentioned all out as her return date so
1: yeah and i wonder if that was her signaling that she's gonna be off tv for a while um because i i i know that She has a split focus between pro wrestling and her dental practice. And I'm sure that, you know, it's going to be taxing for her to do both. And I would think that taking some time to rehab and recover while also maintaining her dental practice, that might take priority at this time and then have her be off TV for a while. And I think she would come back before all out, but saying all out means that if she comes back two, three weeks prior, it'll be a surprise. So I I think this is a good opportunity to take her off TV and, you know, give her some time so that the fans are, you know, waiting and wanting her to come back and, you know, she can get healthy and, you know, come back and, and really get back involved in the mix. It also gives some of the other talent on the roster, the opportunity to step up into those big positions. And I, I was surprised, honestly, that we didn't see big swole on this episode, given, yeah, you know, all of the everything on Saturday. On social media between her and Lance Archer and, and everything else has been going on. So, you know, I, I think there's other people who can slot in and take up that TV time. Uh, Well,
0: I guess I guess I'm a little hesitant because I don't think there's anyone in the women's division who can talk like her and like maybe Brandy, but Brandy has been really involved in the Nightmare Family stuff recently, not as a solo woman competitor. So I I would be a little nervous. And I did see that Allie was back on Dark. So Allie is definitely someone who I would love to see maybe get pushed up a bit with Britt Baker Hurt. Also, shout out Butch and the Blade looking fly in their white pants this week. Glad to have them back. Yeah, he's been working out in quarantine. So I guess guess I'm a little nervous of who's going to step into that spot, but excited that someone's going to have to. Because we don't have a clear-cut contender right now for Sheeta. We don't really have, you know, I was a little disappointed that we didn't see Nyla Rose this week either. Um so yeah, we'll have to see. But any, any anything else you want to talk about in lightning round before we wrap this all up? I think that's everything I wanted to do.
1: I think we've hit basically the whole show in one way or another. So
0: oh, I I failed to mention. Um, I loved the uh, the conspirator stuff, and I kind of want to see Britt Baker versus Aubrey Edwards because <laughs> apparently, apparently Aubrey Edwards is the puppet master here trying to take out Britt Baker.
1: Well, it's just a a, a naked callback to. Chris Jericho's conspiracy victim stuff on <laughs> WCW yep. way back in the day. So,
0: oh Joel, we did forget one thing. Taz's promo at Moxley, I thought was really good after Brian Cage's match. Um I think Taz is a perfect manager for this uh day and time and I just I really like where they're going with it and I really hope that um uh this Moxley cage match gets the proper build. It's once again, it's, it's a kind of recurring theme on this show. We don't really, we haven't really talked about the AEW world championship on our dynamite recaps that much two, three weeks ago. I even said, wow, we didn't even talk about John Moxley, but then they have the main, the the title match on Saturday. That was amazing. So I guess, uh, yeah, that happened. Thoughts on Taz.
1: I I loved him kind of handing down his catchphrase. Uh, I think it's a very fitting catchphrase for the machine. Uh, you know, beat him if you can, survive if he lets you, and that was
0: awesome. <laughs> so good, I and
1: I just I love the ferocity that Taz brings to these promos, and I think he's going to be a great manager for for Cage, and uh, I I haven't really ever heard cage talk very much
0: i have no idea what his voice sounds like
1: yeah i i couldn't couldn't tell you could play me clips of like a dozen different indie wrestlers and i would not be able to pick brian cage's voice out of the lineup so you know i'm not sure if that's something that's really in his skill set so i think it's great that you have someone so capable like taz who can be there and you know I know this is an an overplayed out comparison, but just for the sake of analogy, be the Paul Heyman to his Brock Lesnar.
0: Yeah, that's, I was just about to make a, does he have Lesnar voice? Just a voice that does not match his physique.
1: And And I love when Lesnar talks, like, I I think (laughs) it's great. I I think I much prefer when Lesnar talks, but I also know that that's because it hardly ever happens. So it it feels significant when he does, but that's neither here nor there. Um, But yeah, I, I like this segment.
0: Joel, do you got a random observation for us? You know, I do. All right. Joel's random observation of the week.
1: So uh, we spent a fair amount of time talking about Mike Tyson and Mike Tyson's appearance. One thing that we did not talk about is just how hard it is to rip up a good quality T-shirt. <laughs> and I
0: almost mentioned that. <laughs>
1: You know, it's uh, I don't blame Hulk Hogan for for cutting those giant holes in the back of the shirts that he would always tear up because you got to do something to disrupt the structural integrity of that shirt. Mike Tyson is a very strong, beastie man, and <laughs> he had a hard time getting through that shirt. That's a good quality shirt. So I don't That's know. An maybe an AWT shirt. Maybe that's the point. Maybe it's an endorsement of their own products. Look how hard it is for Mike Tyson to tear up our t-shirts. But uh, next time, maybe uh, maybe a couple of strategic snips in certain seams will make it a lot easier to rip through that shirt. But
0: you want you want to do it. the Mike Tyson challenge on uh on Instagram this week? Us both trying to rip off our shirts. What do you say? <laughs> well, we got follows.
1: I mean, I don't have any shirts that I want to rip up, though. It's kind of a problem. I just recently have... moved, and when I moved, I donated all the shirts that I don't wear. So,
0: okay, it, okay. Uh... This is what we will this is what we're we'll do. I'll order you a Jake Hager t shirt, and then you can rip <laughs> the hell out of that. Okay, sound good. Oh. <sighs>
1: I mean, am I allowed to use some scissors and doctor up that shirt? Yeah, well,
0: do do whatever you need to, man. Do whatever you need to. You don't know, don't 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 be proud like Mike Tyson, okay? Because he looked ridiculous. I do. I did love when he was trying to rip it off, and he like gets it in Jericho's face, like, "Yeah, you look great." <laughs> when he was flexing at him, <laughs> that that made me laugh. So once again, Jericho, you're the gift that keeps on giving. Guys, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Other Wrestling Show. You can find us on Twitter at OWS underscore pod. You can find Joel at The Other Joel. You can find me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can email us at the Other Wrestling Show at gmail.com. You can find us on Instagram, Spotify, SoundCloud. And if you're an Android guy like me, you can find us on pretty much any of the podcasting apps on the Android store. Google store, I guess. Um, yeah, I think I did it. I did it, Joel. Anything to add before we go to sleep?
1: Uh, if you like the show, support the show. Follow us on Twitter and uh, interact with us. Ask us questions. We would love to talk about what you want to hear on the podcast. So, um, and that includes ideas for the long-promised bonus episodes. Kind of shameful that we haven't done any to this point, but we're coming up on our our twenty-fifth episode. So. <gasps> Our maybe
0: episode maybe
1: we'll start doing some some bonus content around then so maybe in a couple of weeks you'll you'll start getting some some extra information from us so be on the lookout for that
0: whoa we're 20 we're about to be 25 that's incredible remember everybody life's a work duck the clothesline and happy wrestling Bye.